Glad you're here with us on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas to me so you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. You can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. I want to tell you that over the next many weeks, we are going to help you Clark your life with our Back to Basics series. We were talking as a staff, talking about what are the things that are pain points with people. And in our off-air center where we answer your calls off the air for free, roughly 40-plus hours a week, there are certain trends that we track and areas where people continually are having problems or getting burned. So we are going to hit you with back-to-basics on various topics that seem to be front and center in your wallet, and the topics will change week by week. Uh, this Today, I'm going to talk about car buying, new and used, and coming in future weeks, housing, shopping for them, financing homes, insurance for every phase of your life, investing, and I should point out, you know, I am not a uh, professional investor. I'm not a financial planner. I give you advice on things involving investing based on my experience going all the way back to elementary school when I learned to read what are known as stock tables. I'm going to talk about monthly bills with you, travel, and credit. Those are just some of the topics as I Clark Your Life in our Back to Basics series. So let's jump right into used cars, which is what most people buy. You know, car dealers love for you to come to the used car lot because they make three times the profit as a percent with used car selling as they make with new car selling. And nothing wrong with making a profit, but that's why... It's a potential win-win for you buying a used car because you're spending generally substantially less than with a new. And at the same time, the dealer wins with a larger profit margin. I guess the people who lose are manufacturers of new cars. So having said all that, I want to hit you with Back to the Basics Part 1 with buying cars, new or used, splits across both, know you're good for the money. Know you're good for the money before you go shop for a car. If you're not a member of a credit union, go join one before shopping for a car. Credit union car loan rates are usually about a point and a half lower than from a bank and will be uh, typically as much as four to six interest rates points lower at a credit union than they'll be at a car dealer. So there's huge money to be saved over time getting pre-qualified for financing. And when you're buying a used car, let's deal with that now in the next half hour, I'll talk about new cars. When you're looking at used cars, I want you to start with what's generally referred to as the funnel. And that is, I want you 
to know what used vehicles have proven to be the most reliable. J.D. Power does it at typically three years of ownership. Consumer Reports at four years. This information is widely disseminated. I want you to stick to models that have proven that they have been reliable over three or four year period. And why not look at both the J.D. Power list at three, the Consumer Reports list at four. And speaking of three and four, the reason both of them do that is that's a real sweet spot with the used vehicle market. When a vehicle still has the overwhelming percent of its life remaining, useful life remaining, but the value of the vehicle has declined significantly in those first three to four years. For many models, having lost more than half of the original purchase price and value. So you're buying a car that is a lot cheaper but has a history that may not be a good history. So when you're shopping for specific vehicles, I want you to sign up with one of the services that lets you check VINs on vehicles where you can check a title history and see if the vehicle has had anything catastrophic happen to it during ownership. You know, I had a, a gentleman who came up to me and said he was so glad that I recommended this step because the vehicle he was really interested in turned out to be salvage. They'd been in like a really serious wreck. Didn't know it. But he knew it without even hiring a mechanic for an inspection because it came up in the vehicle title history. I have information about how to pick those at Clark.com, how to pick a vehicle title history service. Carfax is the best-known brand, but there are others that are cheaper. One that, in, uh, for many of the things you'll do, is free. So you do that, and that can eliminate a vehicle immediately if it has a bad history. But if you find one that's got a shows no problems on the vehicle title history, that's not enough. If a dealer is selling you a vehicle is certified pre-owned, that is not enough. Because it's a condition to purchase, you need to have a vehicle inspected by a mechanic if you're choosing. Very important you do that. Because if you don't have a vehicle inspected, you could be buying problems that are not obvious or clear. And some dealerships give you time after you buy to return for a full refund places like CarMax, Carvana. Others, the second you buy a car, you own it, no matter what. And remember, what a salesperson tells you does not matter in the used car business. You are stuck as stuck could be if that's the dealer policy. So at any place that you find a car you really like and you think you really want it, you still want to have it checked out before you purchase at a dealership where you buy it, you own it. A lot of dealers will not let you have a vehicle inspected. If they won't, you eliminate that dealer and whatever car they have on their lot that's tempting you. What about price? Figuring out price is much tougher on a used vehicle than a new one. On a used vehicle, you can get guesstimates using things like KBB, Edmonds, NADA, Online pricing guides where you can get approximate 
trade-in, retail, wholesale on a vehicle you're interested in. Private party is what I mean by wholesale. And you can see general ballpark adjusting for condition, which is subjective, adjusting for mile, miles, which is not subjective, and equipment on a vehicle. And one of the one of the things that will disappoint you if you're a new car buyer is if you option out a vehicle, most of those additional options do not get you additional value selling a car when it's three or four years old versus one somebody else bought that's much more stripped down with options. You also have to like driving the vehicle. But if you do those steps, arrange your financing in advance, limit your search to vehicles that tend to be the most reliable according to the research of Consumer Reports and J.D. Power, and not initial vehicle quality with J.D. Power, but three-year ownership, you check out a vehicle's title history, you have a vehicle checked out by a mechanic of your choosing, you do those steps, you will eliminate the overwhelming percent of problems that I hear about from people buying a used car. Coming up later, remember, I'm going to zero in on new cars. And right now, as part of our Back to Basics, I'm taking your questions about cars. Hello, Lon. Hello, Clark. I own a car. It's a 2013 model, and it it's had a maintenance-free warranty on it, and it's one of these 50,000 or four years, whatever is first, warranties, and I'm about to hit 50,000 miles. So I'm at the beginning of looking into extending the warranty, and I'm just wondering what's the smartest way to go about doing that, and if I do that, how many years should I go out in extending the warranty? This, meaning, does it help in resale at all? If the warranty is transferable and it's the manufacturer's own extension, not some third-party marketing company, if it's the manufacturer's own, at time of resale, it may give buyer's assurance that wouldn't be there otherwise. But let's go to the issue of whether you should buy the warranty at all, the extension. I'm looking right now at Consumer Reports, which has the most extensive database of how reliable or unreliable various models are. And your your year for your model is extremely reliable. Good. And, I mean, extremely. And it would mean that buying an extended warranty on it would not be normally something you would want to do uh, if you're looking at the odds because you're paying a lot of money for it on a car that has proved over the last three years of ownership to be very, very dependable with very few problem areas. Now, if you're worried about it, it's a luxury car, the cost, if something does go wrong, can be very high. If you followed my advice and didn't buy an extension of the warranty, is it going to bust your wallet if you are the unlucky one and you have something major go wrong with it? No. That's the purpose of buying an extended warranty on a car is basically a service contract. The reason you'd buy it is if a repair would be something that would be impossible for you to easily handle. If it's just a matter of you got the cash flow, 
Yes. You got the cash flow. Be your own insurance company. That's great advice. Thank you. Yeah, if the car was a turkey in terms, even if you love driving it, and it had a lousy record of repair, even if you can afford the repairs, it would make sense mathematically for you to buy the extension of the manufacturer's warranty, but definitely not in your case and your circumstance. Great. Thank you very much. All right. Keep enjoying that car. Okay. Thank you. Bye. And it's a fast car. Don't get any speeding tickets. Sal is with us on the Clark Howard Show. And Sal, you want out of your car lease bad. What are you thinking about doing? I'm the anything just to, just to get out of it. And how much time do you have left in your car lease? I got about two years. And was it a four or five year lease? Three. Three year lease. <clears throat> so people do turn in desperation when they're stuck in a lease to either lease trader or swap a lease. I don't know if you've seen both of those. Yes, I did. And people are polarized about them. I mean, you look at the reviews online and you'll see that people think it's the greatest thing ever to, to use one of these to get out of a lease. And then other people say it was a disaster for this reason, that reason, the other reason. But if, if you can find a candidate to take over your lease through either of them, and you are relieved of the financial responsibility of the lease, which is the second part of it, then great. Because if, if you allow somebody to take over your lease, but you're still responsible for it and they don't make the payments, you don't have possession of your vehicle anymore, who knows what they've done with it, that is a nightmare. So Sal, key rule, if you end up going with swap a lease, or with lease trader, make sure that they qualify to assume that lease and you are released from the obligation under it. Otherwise, you're just getting into deeper trouble. Jerry is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Jerry. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you. You are trying to sell a car. Uh, Yes, my wife and I are trying to sell her mother's uh, Corvette we just turned 80 years old, and we're trying to get her into her... Uh, okay, how great practical. is that? It's <laughs> At 80 years old, she's been driving a Corvette. Uh, yes, she has. And I love that! And, what year Corvette does she drive? It's a 2011, and uh, we're asking $35,000 for it, and my wife put it on Craigslist. And we did receive a um, somebody who was interested, and I'll read their email to you. It says, please understand that I'm not around for inspection due to the nature of my job. I'm in the United States Army. He specifies his position and says, I'm okay with your asking price, and if you don't mind, I can only pay through PayPal. At the moment, you don't You don't need to go any further. That's a scam. Trying to sell a car like a Corvette on Craigslist is really not a good idea. Now, the, the eBay Motors site would be a very effective place to do so but i would also look to see if there's a corvette club in the area where your mom lives because a corvette collector's club is that's going to be your best target market and often the corvette clubs will have some form of newsletter electronic newsletter an advertising vehicle where you're advertising specifically to people who are already all about Corvettes. Right. 
and there are message boards for uh, Corvette owners, just as for every kind of car that they're enthusiasts for. There are message boards. You may have the ability even for free to post it for sale there. And that would be much more effective because then you're targeting. Remember, in a car market, a Corvette is a specialty car that of the whole waterfront of people, it's a very narrow group. Right. And so you want to be specifically focusing on them. Okay. And if that turns out not to be effective, then eBay Motors is where. And anybody who sends you something saying, oh, well, I want to pay you this way and I don't need to see it and I don't need to know anything about it and whatever you ask, I'll pay it. Yeah. yeah, your radar needs to go straight up, just like it did in this case. And no, no did. they're going to rip you off. Glad you're here on the Clark Howard Show. Back to basics. Now, talking about buying a new car. Uh, this show is all about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. And you can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. So... If you're just tuning in, the reason we're doing Back to Basics is based on the calls we get off-air to our Team Clark Off-Air Center, where you're able to get your questions answered off the air for free, and we see certain patterns. And questions, complaints, problems with cars, top of the list. So that's why I'm leading off our Back to Basics with information about buying cars buying new cars the easiest it's ever been by far and car dealers know that customers come in armed with so much more information than ever before but before you ever go through the process of buying a car i want you to know you're good for the money And I talked about this with used cars a half hour ago. Go join a credit union. Get pre-approved for financing for that new vehicle you're interested in. See if you're going to wheeze on what the monthly payment would be. Keep the loan term 42 months or less. You go longer than 42 months, you're going to owe more on your vehicle than what it's worth through pretty much the entirety of the loan and pay enormous amounts of interest instead of paying principal on the car loan. If the payment on a 42-month loan on the vehicle you have your eyes focused on is backbreaking, it means you're buying more car than your budget really can stand. And you may need to think about buying a used version of that car to get down to that 42 months. Now, my 42 months sounds so quaint and antiquated because so many people now take out six-year and longer loans. That is a recipe for financial disaster. Stick to a shorter-term loan. Anyway, I digress. Get the money. Know you're good for it. Then you can shop for a car. The beauty shopping online now is it's so easy. Costco members... Costco is the equivalent of the largest car dealer in the United States at this point. They deliver so many vehicles each year. I mean, now somewhere between 500 and 600,000 new cars in the country each year are sold through the Costco car buying program. The most powerful, most influential 
car buying outlet in the United States. Costco.com, you can see how to buy a car as a Costco member, or you can buy um, through the information they have near the membership desk where they tell you who to call, if you want to do it the analog way, who to call at a car dealer for the already preset Costco price. No negotiation, no games, no gimmicks on whatever vehicle you want. Sam's Club has a car buying program now. USAA has a very big car buying program. And both of them, behind the scenes, use technology from a company called TrueCar in order to arrange the purchase of a car at what's referred to as a target price, not a solid price, but pretty close, a little bit different than the Costco car buying program. But with any of these things, you get away from what's known as the grind. That's the historical discredited practice that hangs on stubbornly at some car dealers where they try to take advantage of you by wearing you down over a number of hours and using psychological tricks to rip you off on the purchase of a new car. You also, if you want the absolute lowest price on a new car, you contact dealers directly, not through a third party like Costco or Sam's Club or USAA or TrueCar or whatever, because there's uh, costs incurred by the dealers for using any of those programs. If you are a real stickler, you have ice water in your veins, you can make your own deal with the internet department at a dealership sending in requests online to whoever the people are designated to do those deals. You want to make sure you always ask, does that include all junk fees? Is that, as they call it in the business, drive-out price? And you make your deal, and if you get to a dealership and anything's happening other than you taking delivery, you need to leave. You need to leave. Because if they start gaming you, you know that's a dealership you want nothing to do with. Uh, You know, the problems that happen where they say, oh, we can't find that car right now, but we've got these others here. Uh Uh-uh. You're done with them. They're out of your life because there are plenty of other people in the car business that will play it straight. And remember, you've already arranged your financing. So the one question that comes up more than any other from new car buyers that I get is about the used car warranty, you know, where you buy on the new car, you buy an extension of the manufacturer's warranty with the point your car is basically a used car. And don't buy it at the time you're buying the car. Wait. Experience how reliable your vehicle is. If you plan to keep it a long time before the manufacturer's warranty runs out, you'll be able to buy an extension of it with the manufacturer of your vehicle. And that's the only one you want. You want no third-party service contracts, extended warranties, anything like that. You want the manufacturer's own. But again, let the clock run on the vehicle you bought while it's still in the umbrella of the manufacturer's warranty to see how reliable it is before you even consider buying that third-party warranty. And in keeping with our back-to-basics, this time 
our chapter on buying a new car. Now it's time for your car questions. Patrick is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Patrick. Hi, Clark. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you, Patrick. Hope it's a great one for you. It is. So we're going to talk cars. Absolutely. You're going to get a Ferrari, a Lamborghini, a Maserati, well, that what are you going to get? What you tell me today. <laughs> okay. Um, well, if you're paying, no, I, I think, and uh, and you're going to let me drive it, I think it should be a Ferrari. Oh, there we go. Well, so I'm I'm calling because uh, my wife and I are looking at getting uh, getting an SUV. Um, we have a couple dogs that don't really fit in our smaller cars, um, so we're looking at, at you know getting something a little bit bigger. And I am just baffled by looking on the internet where I see. You know, how much you should spend on a car as a percentage of your gross income, of a percentage of your net income, as a percentage of your monthly income, as a percentage of your housing payment. Everyone seems to have a different rule of thumb on how you how much you should spend on a car. That's because it's it's payment. art it's art rather than science. Here you are diligently trying to come up with a number that would be responsible and would not harm you financially and you're running these these models and they all give you different numbers exactly this is a tough one because let's face facts once you get past the most basic vehicle for transportation they are a lifestyle choice yeah so you can't talk about well you should spend this much or no more than that or whatever when the reality is it is consumption not an investment okay so then it becomes more really within your budget meeting the goals you have and not having to worry about losing sleep at night what is a reasonable amount of money for you to devote to an suv payment each month well i mean my wife and i both have pretty good jobs and uh you know we could probably do somewhere between 800 and a thousand a month for a car payment oh my goodness well but then the question comes you know there's obviously other things we could be doing with that money too so do we need to spend that much money? Obviously not. And, and then it comes down to, you know, even if we can afford to spend that much, you know, obviously there's better things we could do with it. And so just trying to balance that, I'm just not really sure. So the balancing you know, how, how act, much is too much? The and, balancing you know, act comes with you considering buying, let's say, a used luxury model SUV instead of a new whatever SUV. Yeah. The greatest compromise in the market is buying a three-year-old luxury car, or in this case, okay. luxury crossover SUV. Yeah. And you know the whole lingo of the difference between a, a crossover SUV and a real SUV, yes, no? Yeah. Okay. And are you, which are you thinking of? Um, you know, we're, we're probably thinking of more of a, a real SUV because we're hoping to do some, some substantial amount of off-roading and, and going camping and that kind of stuff. So we're looking for something a little bit on the larger side. Okay. Um, with some off-road capability and that kind of stuff. All right. In that case, if you do buy used, you need to have a mechanic you really trust check that thing out because okay, you have no idea buying? how much um, kidney rearranging people have been doing riding that SUV off-road. What if we're buying something used from a dealership? How do we go about that, making sure that uh, well, is... Well, the dealer... Okay, so... That's a perfect question. If a dealer will not allow you to have a vehicle inspected by a mechanic of your choosing, 
they've got something to hide, you do not buy from that dealer. Even if it's from, so for, for example, if we were going to buy a Jeep, if we bought a used Jeep from a Jeep dealer. Makes no difference. Okay. You want to so have. It made a difference if it was the, the original kind of a dealer versus a private party kind of. No difference. Hole in the wall kind of a dealer. No difference. Okay. I mean, having the vehicle inspected, no matter who you're buying from, is key because the difference between a new car and a used car, a used car has history. And that history sometimes will be really good and other times really lousy. And so Would you still ha- recommend going through the mechanic and stuff if, if we were buying a used car that was still under warranty? Yes. Okay. Because the warranty, uh, the thing is, you don't want to have a lemon that you're having to run back and forth the dealership. You could have a situation where you have one that's under warranty. The dealer tells you it's great but they don't disclose it's been in a really rotten accident. Yeah. So that's why the mechanic is very important. Okay. And, and I, I would I would love it if you and your wife paid for temporary access to consumer reports. Oh, we already have that. Great. So you don't need temporary access. Oh, yeah. We're already consumer reports. Before. Have you been through their guide on reliability for the SUV models you're considering? You no, know, we have. We have, and we've gone through sort of, uh, you know, both brands and specific models in terms of reliability and stuff. And that was one other thing I was going to ask you was, I know you're not a huge fan of um, aftermarket, you know, extended warranties and stuff. Um, If it's a car that we know has a not super stellar reliability rating from Consumer Reports, but still something we're possibly interested in, would you then say if we were buying it from a dealership, getting a, a factory aftermarket warranty would still not be a great idea? You would want the factory's own, not an independent yeah. third party. Yeah, yeah. We'd only ever get a factory yeah. one. But um, with, if you're buying a vehicle that you know has had a mediocre or worse record of repair, you want to buy that manufacturer's extended warranty. Okay. But I wish there was something on the Consumer Reports list that's reliable that you'd also enjoy driving. You know, there seems to be a very short list of of off-road capable and reliable vehicles. <laughs> yeah, the one that I know that people look at and I don't I don't know the vehicle cuz I don't buy these kind, but there's something called the Toyota 4Runner. It yeah. gets great records of reliability from Consumer Reports. Yes, yes. Not one you're interested in though. Uh, we are looking at those, but it's uh, specifically Jeeps and Land Rovers. They both have really, really bad reliability, but really, really good um, customer review. You know, people who have bought them say, oh, I love this car so much. It's so great. I have to take it to the shop a lot, but I still love it. It's still the best car I've ever bought. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so in that situation, you're going in with your eyes wide open. You know what you're getting into. And uh, they are great cars to buy used, especially the Land Rover, because the value of it as a used vehicle is so much less than what it is as a new one. Love that. Okay, so if you're cool with it and know that it's going to have the reliability issues, yes, buy the manufacturer's own extended warranty and enjoy that thing. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. 
Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Michelle is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Michelle. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you, Michelle. You have a seven-year-old fun car. I do, and I love it, and I want to keep it. And I want to know what kind of extended warranty I should get on it, because I really think I need one. Uh, my emission sensor just went out, so I have to replace that. You know, that's 500 bucks right there. So I'm just thinking I need an extended warranty. So a couple of things mm-hmm. we need to discuss. The vehicle that you have is one that people have so much fun driving. Yes. But it's kind of like if you have a high-maintenance man you're dating. It is a high-maintenance man because <sighs> they break a lot. They're one of the lowest-rated cars really? for a record of repair. Oh, gosh. I've had no problems with it, knock on wood. Well, but, that's great news. That means you yeah, got great judgment. You saw that one on the lot, and you said, that's going to be a good one. Yeah, I mean, it only has 50,000 miles on it. In seven years, so yeah. you're not driving much. I'm not driving much at all, and I got it. I was very low mileage as well, so... So here's the thing, yeah. seven years out, you may not be able to buy one from the manufacturer, and okay. extended warranties are pretty much useless if it's not the manufacturer's own. Oh, okay. So you're getting a lot of joy out of it. It's been perfect other than now you got this little issue. Yeah. I think you're going to have to be this far out, going to have to be your own insurance company for that vehicle. Bummer. All right. Well, you know what? Maybe I'll call the manufacturer and just check it out anyway, see what they, they have to offer me. Um, yeah, because maybe, maybe they will offer you one, but I would be surprised at that yeah. many years on it. Okay. Well, that's good to know. And what's great is that this vehicle hadn't given you any trouble in seven years. It hasn't. I, like I said, I'm going to knock on wood again. Because it, <laughs> it is third from the bottom of the reliability list I saw recently. And that's not where you want to be. You want to be at the other end, the top for reliability. But yours, an exception. And let's hope it stays just like that, Michelle. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast of our show, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, we're pretty much there. And whether you love what you hear from me or hate it, take time to write a review. It's how we all learn from each other is from those reviews. 